Hey yo, this is the L Train, and my good friends over at Nacho Mamas are back this week. If all falls into place, if everything goes as planned, this Thursday you will see them at Optimism Brewing on Capitol Hill from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then Saturday, one of the favorite places to go in my house, No Boat Brewing in Snoqualmie. They're going to be there for eight hours, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Go out there, get some great brew, get the best nachos on the planet. And then Sunday, Ridgecrest Public House, Shoreline, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And uh, they didn't know if they were working this week. They ain't got the specials up. But let me tell you, if you go over to NachoMamaSeattle.com, hit the old menu button on there, they will, uh, you know, check out the greatness that is Nacho Mama's regular menu. Buffalo chicken nachos, Aloha pork belly nachos, cheeseburger nachos, which is one of the staples, one of my favorites, street corn nachos, and then you can get a plain nachos and just kind of add stuff on there, whether it's chicken, ground beef, uh, pork, whatever it might be. Tofu, if that's your thing. Get sides of sour cream. And then, uh, you know, like I said, the specials, uh, if they happen, check them over at nachomamaseattle.com. Hopefully they'll pop up. But they also have some uh, fermented hot sauces. You can get one bottle for six, three for 15, and two for 11. Uh, Umani Tsunami. That's a 6 out of 10. White noise, 4 out of 10. And I'm talking on hotness scale here. Poppy, 5 to 10. And then uh, Jacked, 8 out of 10. Like I said, NachoMamasSeattle.com. Check out the menu, upcoming locations. Uh, If they get the specials, they'll pop them up there. And then, um, you know, social media, at NachoMamasSCA on Twitter at Nacho Mamas Seattle Facebook and Instagram hashtag Nacho Mamas and hashtag nachos and beer Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Demi got him. Yeah. Pretty good, darling. Pretty good. Yo! We're the Voros twins. They know we buy PCO to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, dude. We are leaving the station. L Train, take us out. Yo, this is the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 173. We are back. Another great week. Another great uh, episode. And this week, uh, you know, before I get to this week, I want to just thank very much last week to Gary at Paradigm Pro Wrestling uh, for coming on and uh, chatting it up. I was a sponsor of the big match between uh, Sonico and uh, Chase Holiday, the Midwest Territory Championship chain. And, uh, you know, Chase Holiday did go over in that, over Sonico, but it was a phenomenal match. And uh, they uh, they put over the podcast before the, uh, the show started, so I was really appreciative of that. And uh, I've gained some listeners, gained some followers on Twitter. So uh, thank you, 
Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of the uh, family over at uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling for uh, one single night. And uh, maybe you never know. It might happen again. You know, this week's podcast is going to be really fun. I talked to a guy named Craig. He's at Proper Jam on uh, on Twitter. And, uh, dude, huge wrestling fan, huge music fan, uh, former professional wrestling, uh, kind of broke into uh, wrestling with uh, Brian Alvarez and uh, with the help of Matt Farmer. And, uh, dude, he tells some great stories about those guys, tells some great stories about wrestling, you know, also tells us his story about why his wrestling career ended with a big, pile of uh, wood on his leg not wrestling um uh has nothing to do with wrestling the way he ended his career and it was really uh sad to hear but uh dude man moves on he survived from it when he was told he wouldn't the one and only craig at proper jam on twitter and uh not only that we talk uh tons of wrestling and then uh for next uh well, I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after. Part two of this uh, show, me and him talk about uh, Pearl Jam and some music for about another hour. <clears throat> so I'm saving that one, and uh, we'll release that here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, this week, you're going to get a full hour of me and Craig at Proper Jam on Twitter talking up professional wrestling, talking up uh, Pacific Northwest wrestling, how he did it, how he came into it, uh, some stories about Matt Farmer, some stories about uh, Brian Alvarez, and that uh, is what it is. But, uh, you know, last week, great show with Gary from uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling. We were happy to uh, sponsor that match between Sonico and Chase Holiday, Midwest Territory Championship chain, you know, match. And, uh, man, it was really a lot of fun. I tuned in last night after the uh, amazing Seahawks game, by the way, where we came through 5-0 and going into the bye week. Um, but anyway, uh, Sonico and Chase Holiday, you know, they tore it up. Great match. Uh, Chase Holiday went over, uh, but it was really, uh, really fun. Uh, they mentioned the podcast before the, 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 the match started, so that was really, uh, really great for me, and I appreciated it uh, very, very, very much. And, uh, man, you know, I don't know what else to say. Maybe we just need to get to it. Uh, like I said, Craig from at Proper Jam on Twitter and uh oh wait i know what i was gonna say next week instead of part two with craig at proper jam on twitter you will get the one and only chase holiday we'll be talking up uh a podcast and we'll uh, be dropping that uh next tuesday we're moving to tuesdays uh there's some stuff going on wednesdays maybe more podcasts than we need so i'm going to drop back to tuesday and uh, see how the numbers go and see how we go from there. But anyway, I am the L-Train. You can follow me at BFPW Podcast on Twitter. And uh, check out the website, BigFootProWrestling.com. Listen to, uh, you know, listen to us on most podcast platforms is what I'm trying to say. And also the Pro Wrestling Only Network on soundcloud we're part of all that uh anyway i'm the l train it's time to leave the station and uh thanks for listening hey yo this is the bigfoot pro wrestling podcast episode number 173 we're back with another great one this week a fun one man we're gonna talk wrestling we're gonna talk music uh we'll talk a little seahawks to start off here but uh, i want to introduce to you 
He's from a small town in USA. Good boy, loves his mama, loves Jesus in America too. Dude, over on Twitter, at Proper Jams, his name is Craig, man. Craig, how's it going, buddy? I'm good. How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing good on this Sunday, just chilling, uh, you know, just relaxing. I watched a little football this morning, watched a little wrestling yesterday, uh, having a good weekend so far. How about you? Good, good. Watched the uh, Joey Janela's spring break last night, was thoroughly entertained, and uh, excited for the Hawks game coming up a little bit later. Oh, man, how'd that Janela show go? I didn't get a chance to watch that. I can't, you know, it was, watch all it the shows. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Ricky Morton stole the show. <laughs> uh, go figure. Uh, that guy is 64 years old and tore down the house with Joey Janela and uh, had uh, had a great match um, with, um, oh my, I can't remember now. Uh, the surprise, the surprised uh, guest was the very first match at Orange Cassidy. And uh, the place came unglued. I'm talking Road Warrior Pop good. You know what I mean? <laughs> just fans went nuts. But it was, it was a, lot, a lot of fun. Uh, almost a five-hour show, which is um, a little much, to be honest with Well, that's, you. that's what I heard, not to interrupt you real quick, but I saw that on, uh, you know, everyone loved the show, obviously, uh, up on the social medias and stuff. But I did say a couple of them were like, dude, what's the Joey Janelle Spring Bake going five hours for? But anyway, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I went to New Orleans two years ago and went to the Joey Janela Spring Break 2, and I didn't get back to my motel and slid into bed until 4 a.m. That's not good. <laughs> That's a late night but for an old guy. It, it was a fun, fun show. Uh, <laughs> that show had uh, Walt against PCO, and they tore the place down. It was oh, great. Oh, man, that's that show that everyone talks about PCO kind of made his comeback on, you know, like everyone remembered him from that Absolutely. One. Yeah, I've actually Absolutely. been lucky enough to talk to that guy a couple of times. So, yeah, he's a really super cool guy. So do you head out of town a lot for these kind of shows? I have been going to WrestleMania weekend for, I'm going to say, about 12, 13 years in a row. Yeah. Um, there's been, obviously, there's been a couple of times this year included because, yeah, well, 2020 that's why yes um but um i think i've missed one or two in the last 15 years oh man that's great but yeah we'll yeah. get to some more wrestling here in a minute man i was going to ask you are you where are you calling from right now sir i'm in puyallup okay just you're down the road from you you're down there with uh mr Miggs down there in that area i am approximately four miles from Miggs. <laughs> so yeah so i could get you to hop in the car and go over and like you know Give him like a, a power bomb or a you know a power drive or something real quick. <laughs> if I knew where his new place was, he just moved. Like, <laughs> oh, that's last right. Weekend, he so. was talking about that on the radio the other day. Yeah. Oh man! So down in Puyallup, there are you born and raised uh, here, or you know you said you're from small town USA here, but uh, where are you from? I know. Well, I grew up. I, I I was born here in the Tacoma area, and then ended up moving to um, Port Orchard. Oh, which is uh, over on the peninsula, and that is, in fact, a small town USA. Yeah, that's like, and, what, two blocks uh, or something? What's I'm sorry? <laughs> I said, what is that, about uh, maybe two, three blocks? Uh, maybe four, if you stretch <laughs> the tape measure. But, um, yeah, it's it's a small town. When uh, South Kitsap was in session, the um, the population of the school doubled that of the town. 
Oh, wow. And that's a shoe. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. So then you moved here eventually for a back over kind of? Yeah. Oh, ended okay. up meeting my wife and then uh, ended back up. And then it all here. went from there. Then you were, yeah. she, she cleaned you up, turned you into a good man. Well, she did her best. <laughs> so being from here, man, you're probably a Hawks fan. Absolutely. Dude, you ready for the game uh, a little bit later? Uh, maybe, uh, what is it, about uh, three hours from now? Less than three hours to the kickoff? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a tough one today, I think. Yeah. Is that game? It's in Seattle today, right? Yes. Oh, yes, good. It is. We'll get a little of that rain in there then. That'll help out. <laughs> a rain to go with the uh, piped-in crowd noise. It should be fun. Yeah, it's been a little weird. I was going to ask your thoughts on that on uh, empty stands for uh, – Football, not every stand. Like if you watched any of the Kansas City game today, they had like a, maybe a quarter of their fans in there. Um, right. so, so what are your thoughts on this empty football stuff going on? You know, I don't even hardly notice it, to be completely honest. They um, they do a good job about keeping the, the camera focused on the field. Well, they and they always do, to be honest. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. you never see, they take, you know, obviously they take uh, crowd shots when, when they're going to breaks and stuff like that. But uh, with the piped in crowd noise, it's, um, it's, it doesn't bother me. But yet somehow when I'm watching WWE programming, it bothers me. <laughs> well, that's i uh, I'm going to bring that subject up to you in a little bit, <laughs> but <laughs> they did a little better with that. Uh, the, what do you call it? The Thunderdome or what? But anyway, but anyway, anyway, yeah. let yeah, me, yeah. Uh, you know, so what are your thoughts on these uh, Hawks through the first four games, man? They, they look good. But it's like Cardiacsville, man. Uh, it's, it's been hard on my heart, man. I got to take a little extra, you know, Carvedidol and Lipitor, man, to get me keep myself going. But you know, it, I was tweeting it. I was tweeting at Craig Gas last week. I said I don't have to play. I don't have to take blood pressure medication for Sundays for some reason. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's it's nerve wracking. I you know I get through off a Sunday. I don't have any fingernails left. I know. Uh, I have to I have to go uh, take a shower after the game to cool down. It's uh, it's a roller coaster, oh, and. But man, it's a fun watch. It is. You know, we'll start just offense real quick. You know, not to get on football too much here, but um, offense has really looked spectacular pretty much most of the time. The offensive yep. line work, I think, has looked better since maybe the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl season, the first Russell Wilson Super Bowl season. Uh, you know, the receiving. We got so many more weapons now, and Russell's on tune with the man. What are your thoughts on Russell? Russell is the man, and if he doesn't get the MVP, I'm going to be very upset. Well, if he keeps playing. It's- Pretty close to what yeah. he does, right? Right. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Talk about a leader. Um, our offensive line is a nice surprise this year, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, our defense needs a little bit of work. Mm. That was what I was going to ask you next, man. The defense, man, they they do hold sometimes, but, man, they're giving up a lot of points, a lot of passing yards. The run defense is not really too bad. They're one of the better run defenses, I think. But as far as the passing game or the, the pass defense game, especially with some hurt guys, we're missing, uh, what's his name, uh, the safety? What's his last name, Allen? Um, uh, the new guy that, right. that we got from the Jets. Yeah, he's freaking spectacular, man. He motivates the whole defense when he's out there, but then we missed him, you know, and he probably won't be back till after the bye week, so. Mm-hmm. Man, we need some help back there. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, what's your um, what's your thoughts on the game against Minnesota tonight? What is your prediction on the game? Oh boy, I hate these. Um, <laughs> Putting you on the spot. I mean, I can't bet against them. I've been rooting for them since I was, you know, I think six. 
You know, I, mean, yep. I, you know I, I pounded into my son, you can't like another team. You're from Washington. That's right. You have to like the Seahawks. That's all it, there is to it. It doesn't matter if we only win two games. I remember the two-game season, or we only won, and we had Defensive Player of the Year, Cortez Kennedy, and I watched all the games that you could anyway that season. You know, there were mm-hmm. some that were blacked out at home, but you couldn't watch. <laughs> yeah, got to support the home team. My dad I drilled that into my head since I was a kid, so I won't ever bet against the Hawks, but it's going to be a good game. Um, I, I, I can't guarantee a win, but I'm telling you, they're going to win. They're going to win. I'm looking for about maybe a 30 to 21 game, something like that in their Hawks, of course. Fair. Fair. <laughs> so anyway, man, let's talk a little, uh, wrestling and, uh, you know, you're letting me know, uh, you're doing some, uh, work over there at the wrestling observer, man, wrestlingobserver.com. Uh, tell us about that. What you're doing over there. How's it going? So I've known Brian Alvarez for, good Lord, over 20 years. And uh, we, uh, we had our first match against each other in um, Ording, Washington. We're doing a show for Dave Debashi, And uh, we opened up the show. And uh, we stunk the joint out. And, uh, and they continued to let us wrestle for about two and a half years. But um, Brian and I go way back, and he started the website up, and um, I uh, I lived way over here, and he lived way over there. So when the when the podcast started up, he went ahead and had his uh, our good mutual friend Vince Verhey uh, be his co-host before he started getting uh, Dave Meltzer involved. And so um, it wasn't. It's I've been with the website for almost seven and a half years and we do a retro show on tuesday nights and we cover uh we just got through doing the monday night wars we would watch nitro and raw um from the very beginning of nitro and went back and watched every episode uh every week and we watched every episode of the opposing uh wwf raw And we reported on it. And uh, now we've moved into the invasion portion, which is interesting because the invasion, quote unquote, of WCW, it's been, we've been doing every show, not just the Monday night shows. So we've done Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and reviewed those two shows. And it's really interesting that your memory doesn't allow you to believe this, but it was months before WCW actually showed up on WWF television. And so we're right about the time where um, WCW kicks off and they did their first show at the Tacoma Dome, which I was at. And I don't know how they didn't kill this town with the main event but uh, we're going to be reviewing that very soon and uh, it's been a lot of fun looking back at those shows and i have a lot of fun with uh with my buddies and we cut up a lot and we uh we've got a good chemistry and a good vibe because well we've known each other forever so uh, i'm happy to be over there at uh, wrestling observer slash uh, figure four weekly and um just a lot of fun Oh man, you mentioned that Tacoma Dome show, Tacoma Dome show, 
show. God, I can't even speak here, man. But I better have a see. I'm, I'm doing this without drinking here. Usually, I do these later at night where I've had a glass of wine or something. But <laughs> that Tacoma Dome show, and I know the main event you're talking about. There was so much stuff that went into that. The two guys that wrestled, and then you also had a WCW announce team, which Double uh, yes. A was part of. And I don't think he was even ready. You know, he did his best, of course, like he always does. But man, that's mm-hmm. great moments to look back at. I, I wasn't there like you were, man. Uh, but I remember watching it on TV, going. What the hell is wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> oh and man! I want to say I want to say there was a there was a Monday and a Tuesday show, so they did Raw and SmackDown from the Tacoma Dome. And I remember the I remember the SmackDown even more because that was the one where Angle and Austin were getting along so well, and uh, Angle put on the little cowboy hat. Mm. Remember that? Yeah, that was one of the best vignettes or whatever you want to call it backstage. Like, that's pure effing comedy right there, man. Pure. (laughs) 100%. Was that when they had the the, the guitar also, or was that the next episode? That was the same one, right? Oh, Yeah, I want to say they were doing Happy Trails and and all of that and just... I don't know how any of them really didn't just lose it and have to walk out of the room that might might have been why mcmahon left i don't know remember he kind of got up and left finally yeah and then deborah was sitting there and stone cold and it was just like how are they not just dying like deborah was just like (laughs) dead face like she didn't even want to like move her face because she probably would have lost it it was funny we were watching the show (laughs) that we reviewed last week and uh, kurt angle walks into the room and just incredible is there and he's like angles greeting all the guys and he stops and he goes hey justin if you say your name really fast, it sounds like just incredible. Did you ever know that? His timing was perfect, and he's so funny. Kurt Angle was so good because, you know, he's taught he, Olympic gold medal for real, right? Shoot. But right. then he's got, he can wrestle like a madman. Somehow he just turned himself into greatness, you know. I'm sure he had a lot of people backstage helping him out, you know, and all them, but training him. But the way he could just go out there and make fun of himself, you know, just do a completely mm-hmm. serious interview. And then the next time he's just like, how is he not dying laughing right now? <laughs> and people around him for that matter. Exactly. Like in the ring, like whoever the, you know, person holding the mic or if it was Vince or any of those guys, I don't know. That's why they're professionals. And, you know, guys like me could never do that. Cause I would just start laughing. I'd have to just walk out. It would live TV, hundred million people watching us. I'll get out of the ring and walk off. <laughs> I was in the ring one time with Buddy Wayne. It was a tag match, and uh, Buddy, <laughs> Buddy hit uh, just a regular move, and the ref counts two. And Buddy sits up and he looks at the ref and he goes, "That was the finish." And the ref looked at him dumbfounded, and Buddy looked at the ref. And there was a weird, funny pause, and then Buddy just started laughing, and none of us could keep a straight face from then on. That was Buddy Wayne. Buddy Wayne, he's fantastic. Just always goofing off in the ring. He's the Uh, best. I love hearing stories like that, man. Um, So, man, uh, you know, getting into wrestling here, what, you know, uh, before I get to that, uh, how do we uh, listen and check out the Wrestling Observer? Well, that's the problem. <laughs> Wrestling Observer is a paid site. There is a monthly fee on it. Uh, it's doing very well, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, I'm, I'm kidding about that. Of course, it's doing well. But um, it's a paid site. You can look out uh, on their, on their uh, 
on their front page, they will have a, a monthly or weekly show that goes out for free, and you can sample that. I, I don't even know what the subscription rate is. I want to say it's $10.99 or $11.99 a month. Uh, it's well worth your value. Um, Dave Meltzer, the, um, the architect of, uh, of um, wrestling journalism, if you could say that, um, and uh, ben, Brian's been uh, writing a newsletter for all of the twenty years, twenty plus years that I've known him, and uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of good inside information on there. Not to mention, uh, you can listen if you uh, if you do a uh, a Google search for uh, Wrestling Observer Live. You can hear Brian Alvarez and Mike Sepervivi every day, and I know that they broadcast over the air and on uh, XM Radio, and uh, I want to say it's the TuneIn app. I think it is one of them. Anyway, if you do a Google search, you can listen to them every day absolutely free and, um, and get into it that way. Well, help me, let me uh, help you out, brother. If you want to get you. the subscription... A one month will cost you eleven ninety nine. If you want to get a three months, you're getting it for thirty two ninety nine. And if you want to get a year's worth of subscription, there's all kinds of content on this. It's probably well worth it if you're a huge, huge wrestling fan. One hundred nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents for the year. PayPal, credit cards, all that kind of stuff. Nice. See, I try to but, be prepared uh, once in a while. <laughs> but like I said, the, the best way to sample um, a little bit of what we do is uh, checking out Wrestling Observer Live. And uh, that's absolutely free every day. And I know they broadcast on Skype, but I'm just an employee. I don't know all the particulars. <laughs> you just work there, man. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, must be a good time. It must be nice to it do is. that. You don't have to have a real job. You're just working with Wrestling Observer now. Oh, if that was the case, my friend. I've been building cabinets for 27 plus years, and I will continue to do so because wrestling doesn't pay. Yeah. Okay, wrestling journalism doesn't pay. <laughs> well, any money you get from that, you just throw back into you know, memorabilia and Pearl Jam stuff oh, and wrestling tickets. Yeah, I and, the truth. Yeah. Hey, man, I was going to ask you real quick uh, before we leave the Wrestling Observer. You know, Jim Valley's over there with you guys. Uh, he's got yeah. tons of his own shows. He's been really sick for a while. Uh, any uh, any news with Jim right now? How's he doing? Um, Jim is doing a little bit better. That's all I know. Um, his wife's been... Uh, well, I'm sure it's hard because he's been in the he's been in the ICU for uh, for a few weeks now, and uh, we we thought we were going to lose him. I used to listen to Jim Valley on Seattle radio, and uh, when we picked him up at the site, I was like, "Oh my gosh, we have a professional!" Um, and I loved listening to him do um, Wrestling Observer Live on the weekends. And Jim is just a fountain of information. Uh, he knows radio. He knows how to do radio. He's way better than any of us. And he he fell sick. He doesn't have the COVID or anything like that, but he does have the COVID symptoms for this degenerative disease he's had all of his life. And um, he's been out of work, and uh, his his wife's been by his side the whole time. And, and um, they're looking to move him out of the ICU and into a full-time um, care hospital. It's not a. It's not like a nursing home, but it's a care hospital. And I'm sure that um, it's. They're going to be uh, huge financial costs to him. 
and uh, there's a GoFundMe set up for him, and they've reached uh, their goal. We were trying to raise $5,000, and uh, the, the good fans of the Wrestling Observer uh, have come through, and, and wrestlers from all over the world, and, uh, and uh, they're well past the $47,000 mark, and it just blows me away. 47. How, you, we're going to raise 5000 and they're up past 47000 that's correct. Holy crap. That's amazing. I, I, I'm just absolutely blown away at the generosity and how how good uh, wrestling fans and wrestlers are. And it uh, it's humbling. Oh, man. That's good. That's good to hear that he's a little bit better. You know, sorry that he's, you know, still down, but everyone can help donate to that if they can. And uh, everyone just out there, wish Jim uh, the best. He, he's the nicest guys I've interacted with him on the internet. He was going to do this show here a time or two, but again, I had to reschedule a bunch of stuff for a while there. So, uh, the best to Jim and, uh, hopefully, you know, he'll be back and we'll hear from him again at a I later so. date, at a later date. Anyway, man, let's uh, get back to you and your wrestling career. So when did you uh, first start getting into uh, wrestling, not wanting to wrestle, but when do you first remember wrestling in your, uh, little, little kid days, little proper jam? Oh my goodness. Um, <clears throat> I remember my dad wasn't into wrestling. Nobody I knew was into wrestling. Um, I was just up late one Friday and or Saturday night and was flipping through the channels and happened upon Channel 11 here in this uh, in this state. And the WWF Superstars was on. And uh, I was like, well, I'm going I'm to give this a shot. And uh, I remember the very first wrestler I ever saw was Tito Santana, and he was wrestling some jobber, beat him quickly with, uh, uh, this isn't my term, it's uh, it's Jesse Ventura's, he hit him with the flying burrito, Yep. and uh, I was hooked, and I stayed up late the week after, and sure enough, after WWF was over, oh, yeah. NWA was on. And then after NWA was on, Glow was on. And then after Glow was on, there was another ladies promotion on. And then after that, there was a promotion. It was a it was Gordon Soley's uh, Pro yep. Wrestling This Week was on. <laughs> and it, they had this block on Saturday nights where you could watch you could watch hours and hours and hours of wrestling until until your mother got upset with you for staying up so late, dude. And, I- <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I remember the exact thing, man. Um, I mean, I found wrestling before then. I found it on WTBS flipping one day, and Tommy okay. Wildfire Rich was there, and he they did this whole vignette on him coming back, and suddenly the Freebirds were in the ring, and suddenly Tommy charged the the ring because he wasn't supposed to be back, I guess. You know, and I was like, oh, God, what is this? This is so great. <laughs> and then, you know, the next, I don't remember what the match was next or whatever it just happened. I just remember this was like, I am never missing this. Where's the TV guide? And I looked, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is on every week at this time. Oh my God. You know? And then I remember <laughs> one night they said, Oh yeah, WWE superstar is going to be on channel 11, blah, blah, blah. And I tuned in. And then, like you said, it was all those shows in a row. And eventually they added the challenge too, WWE challenge. So you can okay. watch WWE, NWA, WWE glow, another woman thing. I can't remember what it is either. I want to say it was pow pow. Yeah. Because I wanted to say wows, but a pow sounds more right. And then that Gordon, so- I could barely ever make it to the Gordon Soli show. Barely <laughs> ever. It was like, I, okay, I'm starting to watch it, and then it's over. 
What a great night, man. It was a great night. I loved it. Yeah. And uh, we also, we got Portland Wrestling up here on Saturday afternoons. I think oh, it was yeah. Channel 22. Uh, so I would uh, I would see the gla- the Grappler and Matt Bourne and and uh, early incarnation of Scott Hall and <laughs> and things like that. That was uh, always good. Billy Two Eagles. <clears throat> oh, that was my, um, that turned into my favorite promotion because... Um, yeah, it was on. It might have started off on channel eight or twelve, and then later cha- changed to twenty-two. But I started watching it was Rip the Crip Oliver, and they had the you know the clan, yep. which starts with a C, by the way, not a K. And um, yeah. you know Billy Jack Haynes and Kurt Henning and Playboy, you know, and yes. you know I just loved it. It seems like you know they had a, a maybe not quite a jobber match, but maybe a one-sided match. But they always had that great main event or two out of three, you know, fall main event. Yep. And it was just yep. great. Don Owens doing the announcing until Barry took over later and. Man, that was just that was great stuff. Yeah, and what hooked me on that was the the night that Billy Two Eagles jumped off the top rope and he hit his head on the lighting rig above the ring, and as he came down, like there were shards of glass and broken bulbs falling in the middle of the ring as he as he uh, landed on his opponent. And I was like, okay, I'm not missing this any either. <laughs> so um you know you said you watch your dad didn't watch it was pretty much by yourself so did you? i was just me just you and then as as i got into uh i think it was like eighth grade uh i was going to uh spanaway junior high up here and uh and i found a couple of kids that were into it and uh and we would um well for lack of a better term we were doing backyard wrestling um <laughs> before backyard wrestling was cool and <laughs> and uh just i watched it i watched it probably until i was a senior in high school and i kind of fell off for a little bit but then uh but then picked back up uh shortly thereafter but there was there was a crunch there was a, a little bit of time where i discovered uh, girls oh, and yeah. booze that i kind of you know <laughs> Wrestling was on the back burner, so. I completely understand. I remember those years myself, my friend. <laughs> Although, you know, maybe it was just more booze and hang out with my friends and maybe not so many girls <laughs> that, you know, because I didn't, I'd walk up and, oh, you watch wrestling or something? You know, something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> back then, oh, man, the good old days. But, yeah, we used to do the same thing, me and my, a couple of my buddies in the sixth grade. We'd go out behind the the portable or whatever, and we put on these wrestling matches. Nothing too serious. We weren't diving off of anything. It was, you know, old school, arm, you know, arm locks and headlocks and all that kind of stuff, full Nelsons, until the lunch ladies would come over and break us up every single day. But they seemed like they always knew we were doing it, but they'd let us go for maybe 20 minutes or something, and then they'd break it up. (laughs) That's decent of them. Yeah, you know, we were having fun. We weren't getting into trouble. We weren't trying to, you know, fight or sneak off the place. They knew we were just, oh, those are those kids that watch that stupid crap with, you know, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. (laughs) exactly (laughs) so who were your some you said mentioned billy two eagles who were some of your favorites like when you were getting into it when you were younger like man who was like oh man i can't wait till he's on the show this week well the first guy that i really i'm not i'm i'm not even gonna lie the first guy i was really into was Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. that guy was bigger than life uh he was he was eloquent Although when I go back and listen to him now, um, yeah, <laughs> but he always won. Number one, he, he never lost. 
you know, how could you not get behind this guy? Oh, God, uh, he, he made you believe in his matches. You know, there was there was a point where he would get beat up, and then all of a sudden he would make a big comeback. Boot, drop the leg, boom, one, two, three. So uh, it was hard not to get behind that guy. So that was uh, – he was my favorite for a long time. Well, he was and just – he was just real quick on Hogan. He was so over, you know, it's like he was oh, yeah. everywhere. He was on the magazines. He was on, you know, Johnny Carson, you know, whatever TV, Saturday Night Live, him and Mr. T, you know, it was everywhere. It was so hard not to be into him. And uh, the one time I actually got to see him live other than WrestleMania 19, you know, I saw this Tacoma mm-hmm. Dome show. It was him versus Kamala in the main event, like a house show. I was there. Dude, it was insane in there when Hulk Hogan got introduced. <laughs> like everyone went to where he was going to come out, remember? But he came out the other side because he would probably right. wouldn't have got out. That was the most pop I have ever heard at a live show anywhere of what size, anytime. That was crazy. I remember that because uh, he he ended up bumping kimchi, yeah. and uh, <laughs> he put on his hat before he went into his posing routine. <laughs> That's great. I remember that vividly. Kimchi Not really wouldn't. Kimchi and uh, Kamala wouldn't go over too well now. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I, I remember that specifically because I saw the same match on Saturday night's main event. You know, a few weeks later, because oh, yeah. I had no idea that they would run through the house shows and practice the match and then get to the big show, and then and then do the big show match, <laughs> um, having practiced it hundreds of times before. Oh, man, that's incredible. I just remember when Hulk, you know, he probably slammed him, went and did that, you know, the the leg drop on him. And I think there was flashes that, that it was, like, <laughs> deafening, you know. I mean, I never yeah. really got to see the Road Warriors live and come out at a big show or something. But, man, that, I've never seen any or heard anything like that. I got to hear the Road Warrior pop one time. They, uh, NWA actually toured here on the Great American Bash 1988, might have been 87, but it was the Road Warriors and Dusty and Nikita against the Four Horsemen in a cage. Oh, shit. That was here? That was at the Seattle Center Coliseum. I'm going to have to go slap my mother for not letting me know this is <laughs> I want to say, I want to say it was eighty-seven, but it could have been eighty-eight. And if Matt Farmer was here, he would be correcting me because that guy is an encyclopedia. Yeah, he, you know, guys like him, Valley, they know everything, all that stuff. So yeah. now it's just natural to them, like world history. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that must have been uh, a lot of fun. The World Warrior Pop, man. I mean, I know they came up here a couple other times. I didn't get to see it when they actually wrestled for you know. Portland wrestling wasn't there a big outdoor show or something one time in Portland it was them and you know I think, I think Eddie Guerrero was on the show yeah and like maybe uh, Sarge and I don't know a bunch of people were on it I can't remember I yeah. think I got I bought it on uh, Amazon but it looks like terrible right you know some old okay. videotape that someone uploaded you know <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right you know did you get to go to a lot of those uh, port did you go to any of those Portland shows at Seattle Center Arena or down at uh, you know the Portland Coliseum um, I didn't. I went to the WWF shows. They rolled around here like every other month, if not every month, for years. They would uh, they would always be in the Tacoma Dome, and they did Saturday night's main event at uh, the Coliseum, or it might have been the Mercer Arena, I can't remember which. But they would come here often. I didn't go to a quote-unquote indie show until 
gosh, probably, I'm going to say 95 or 96. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met Matt Farmer and uh, his, uh, the guy he always faced was Nick Allen, <laughs> uh, AKA Nikki six, but, <laughs> and, and, and not the guy that plays bass. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, gotcha. Um, yeah. Did you happen to hit I, that uh, WW Nitro house show they did up here one time when it was Nash and uh, Hall, the yes. outsiders taking on the Steiners and they broke that ring? Yes, I was, I was there for that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun show. It was kind of weird when yeah. they broke that ring. I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> I just remember yeah. I had a guy sitting behind me that all night, and he never got out of his seat once, just sat there and yelled, kick him in the balls, over and <laughs> over. And me and my little brother just kept looking back, and I'm like, what is this guy's problem? He even asked my brother to sit down one time. I'm like, look, everyone else oh is gosh. standing up here, dude. When everyone sits, we will sit. Everyone stands, we stand. <laughs> But yeah, I'll yeah. just remember that. Kick them in the balls. <laughs> uh, wrestling fans. Oh yeah. So anyway, man, tell us about those uh, indie shows. What were they, they uh, that you went to and uh, met this, uh, you know, this guy named Matt Farmer? So <laughs> the first ones were put on by Dave Debashi, and uh, I know he's still working on the Peninsula, but. Um, Tabashi would put them on. He would usually bring in um, Buddy Rose and um, Nick and, and Matt Farmer would open the show and they would um, they were just at the Puyallup Armory, which was just down the road from my house. <laughs> I got to uh, I got to talking to Nick, who was at the time um, one of Matt's good friends, and Nick was a tape trader as was I, and we would exchange tapes and, and, uh, whatnot and, uh, went to a few of those shows. And then there was a show in Kent and Matt and Nick were also opening up that show. And he told me to come down and, uh, and he would get me in and I would film Nick's match. I want to say this was 96. Uh, possibly closer to 97, but I was hanging around. I was giving, going to give Nick his uh, camera back and say hello to Matt and whatnot. And uh, Tim Flowers, who was putting the show on, um, Nick and Matt both introduced me to him. And he said, where's your gear? And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, where's your gear? And uh, I said, I'm not a wrestler. And he said, why? And I said, I, I, I don't know. And he goes, well, go get some gear. And Nick kind of smiled. And, uh, and then I kind of, you know, forgot about it. And um, at the time, my friend Brian Alvarez was doing a um, a public access television show called the YWF, which was the Youth Wrestling Federation. And uh, this was a tad low rent. He would um, put on wrestling shows in the gymnastics gymnasium that he was teaching at. And um, Brian uh, asked me if I would uh, come do a match with him. 
And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? He said, we'll come down the day before and we'll quote unquote practice and uh, we'll put on a show for the kids. And you haven't had any training, right? None. Okay. Zero. Got it. And so, um, uh, me and I had been, you know, watching, you know, tons of tapes and, and Brian as well. And so we sat down and we kind of mapped out what we were going to do. And, and, uh, we had this match in front of these kids and, uh, they, they loved it because Brian played heel, which was funny because he's a, a full sh- foot shorter than I am. And I've at least got a hundred pounds on him at this time. And, uh, so here's this giant sympathetic baby face uh, getting pounded by this uh, very small uh, Hispanic man. <laughs> um, but the kids loved it. And then Debashi uh, was looking for an opener for this free show that he was doing in um, Ording. And Brian, for whatever reason, volunteered us. <laughs> and so. This is great. Um, so we do this match in Ording. We basically do the exact same match that we did in front of the kids. And uh, it went well. And um, from there, we ended up working a show for Tim Flowers. And then and then we just kept working for Tim Flowers. That's a so Diamond you know, Timothy Flowers, right? Yes. Thank yes, you. Diamond Thank Timothy you. Flowers. <laughs> so while this was going on, Tim was running the ICW up in... Um, Vancouver and he had a partner down here in the States who apologize apologies to him. I can't remember his name. There was two of them and they started the PWF, the Pacific wrestling federation. And it was basically two different federations using the same crew of guys. And so we'd gone up and my first match working for Tim was in Abbotsford, um, Vancouver, it, excuse me, Abbotsford, B.C., mm-hmm. at a Russian youth center, and it was me against Matt against Brian Alvarez. <laughs> and uh, we went out there and stunk up the joint. Uh, I remember vividly uh, we were in the ring getting our introductions, and some fan yelled, get the little guy. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> so you and Farmer pounded on uh, Brian? Yes, absolutely, because that's what the fans wanted, you see. And, uh, just, to, <laughs> just to ask real quick, I'm looking at a picture of you that you sent me. You're in some cut-off jeans. Well, they're not cut-off. They're just short jeans. Yeah. And uh, leg, uh, you can see your, uh, what am I trying to say, your knee pads, and you got a big sure. black shirt on with long hair. Do you look like this at this point? Yes, I do. All right. I'm trying am, to get the I'm picture vivid a, in my mind here. I'm doing a uh, busted Raven gimmick <laughs> in uh, 1997. All right, got it. So the three of you doing a triple threat, get the little guy. Yes, get the little guy. And uh, I had such a good time. I met a bunch of a bunch of really nice cats. The funny thing is, when I was a kid, I lived over out on the peninsula, and uh, Randy Taylor um, was uh, a f- was the brother in law of my best friend at the time, and he had told me that Randy was wrestling with Tim Flowers doing chain matches and this and that. And I was like, huh? And then fast forward years later, my buddy's brother-in-law is in the locker room, Randy, the pimp Taylor. And he recognized me because we went to that NWA show that was in Seattle together. My, my buddy, Brian and me and uh, pimp Randy Taylor and uh, one other guy. And, um, 
and he recognized me and we started talking. He's like, uh, you, you need to come back around more often. And so I did. And I uh, wrestled for Tim for, uh, gosh, it was just over two years. <laughs> and in 1999, I ended up getting hurt really bad on the job. I almost lost my left leg. Hurt on your a, uh, regular job, not wrestling? Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, doing my uh, doing my cabinet job, I almost uh, I came very close to losing my left leg in a uh, in an accident. So, um, goddamn, did you get yourself with a saw or something? Uh, no, I had actually I had twenty one sheets of three quarter inch ply fall on top of me, and it uh, ripped my uh, left foot off my leg. God damn! And they airlifted me to uh, Harborview Hospital. I was there for couple of weeks and spent another month or so in a nursing home. Uh, they told me things like, you'll never walk again. They told me things like, um, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to learn to, uh, do another trade. They told me things like we need to amputate. They told me all these things. And six and a half months later, I was back on the job that I left. <laughs> so they were able to put everything back together and, and, uh, a lot of uh, very experienced and knowledgeable people whose pay grade is way above mine were able to put me back together. And uh, while I can't uh, wrestle the way I once did, um, I am able to uh, I am able to do the job that I love. And um, Brian picked me up for uh, the wrestling site, and so I get to live a little bit of that in my quote unquote spare time. So all things work together. So after uh, that, well, never stepped in the ring again, never attempted um, it. I did a couple of times, just went out and practiced with uh, guys like Sonny O'Mara and uh, some other guys um, and did some commentary for Flowers uh, when they were running hot at the Temple Theater, but um, just never... Um, just kind of forgot about it, had to forget about it because... Mm-hmm. Well, quite honestly, it hurt. Gotcha. It hurt to see all my friends continue to um, do what they loved, and it uh, it was tough to watch them. And uh, it wasn't until you know years later, you know, well, just a few years from now, um, Matt Farmer says, "Hey, I've got this promotion. I want you to come out and check it out." <laughs> And uh, went to my first Defy show, which was actually the second Defy show. And um, I just, I, I love Defy. I absolutely love Defy. If Defy was around when I was wrestling, <laughs> I would have figured out a way to stay wrestling. Oh, man, it's a, been a fantastic. It really kind of maybe kicked off the a resurgence of, uh, of wrestling here, man. You know, I was going to ask you, you know, there's Defy, you know, there's Without a Cause, Prestige down in uh, in Hermiston. We got DOA, mm-hmm. a couple of them, 5CC and POW down in Eugene. Uh, really a lot of places for guys to wrestle around here right now that, that that are legit, you know, wrestling places. There's also a Lucha Volcanica in Seattle. Um, yep. What are your thoughts? Compare it to when you were doing it then to what it looks like now, man. Um, as, as I stated, if Defy was around... Back in the day, I would have st- I would have figured out a way to continue to work. Um, what an atmosphere! What a uh, what a crew they've got. I mean, I I love 
all of those local guys that they bring in, um, being close to Buddy Wayne back in the day, all those those kids from Buddy Wayne's Academy, those guys are, um, they're trained well, and I know that. Um, I have no problems. I'm, I'm never worried about them when they're in the ring. Uh, they're trained well. They know what they're doing. Um, and then um, a lot of the other local guys, they're very good. I was blown away with how much local talent we have here. And when you mix them in with the, uh, the national talent that, mm -hmm. um, that works indies, it just, it's just a good combination. And then to see guys like, uh, you know, like, uh, Tom Lawler get brought up here. Tom and I have been buddies for years and, <laughs> and he works at, uh, he works with Brian on, at the site as well. And, mm -hmm. and, um, it's just really cool, man. It's just a really cool community. Um, the fans are top notch. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, the Washington Hall gets a roadwear pop yeah. every time there's a Defy show, and I love that crowd. I love those people, um, and the the community is just so accepting and loving. And I mean, people that I don't even know their first name will come <laughs> up and hug me shake hands, you know, just, it's such a cool vibe and I miss it so much. Oh man. I've, uh, met so many people just through wrestling. Cause you know, I was kind of like you, I was into it until like a certain age. And then, you know, we talk about girls things like, but it was just other things went on for a few years. And then my first wife wasn't too into wrestling. That's why she's now called my first ex-wife, my ex-wife or whoever you want to state that. But, uh, man, then I came back into it, uh, you know, later, as I started hearing about Lucha, okay, there's this Lucha Volcanica thing, and I went down to South Park and watched a show. That was a lot of fun, you know, mm -hmm. seeing Sonico, Ave Rex, Avispa, some of those guys. And then I heard about Defy, and I'm like, what is this, Strange Strickland's taking on Cody Rhodes? And I missed that show because <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, right? I'm like, yeah. And I didn't know much about the area and, you know, the, the local scene and stuff like that then yet. And then they were going to have the second one, you know, and I went to that and I was just freaking blown away, man. And, uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing like a defy Washington hall pop, like you said, you know, and mm -hmm. then we have a lot of other great, uh, places around here. So just, um, the scene now is just, it, it's amazing. I've came back to it. It feels like it did when I was a fan, um, back in the Portland wrestling days, the Don Owens, you know, Buddy Rose, Billy Jack, those kind of guys, you know, sure. was, you know, because the Indies almost remind me now that they're really, you know, getting pretty big. The Indies are getting big now, and it reminds me of Territory Days. I don't know about you. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, quite frankly, there's territories within this state. Yeah. You know, Max has got his thing down uh, up up north and and in Everett, and, you know, he was bringing in Makabe, and I've known – I've known uh, Daniel Mockabe for years and um, met him on a show that Bob Evans did. Um, uh, I think it was, they only, and they only ended up lasting one show, but I've known Bob, <laughs> brutal Bob Evans for years. And he told me to come down and I met Daniel and Daniel's such a nice guy. Oh, he a, was working. I'm a huge fan so, of Daniel, by the way. Yeah, he's great. He's, um, He's, he, he had a match at the collective, uh, yesterday or Friday. I can't remember which, Oh yeah. but, uh, he's doing very well and, uh, I love that guy and he was working for max and 
and uh, and whack. And so I went up there and watched a show, and those are super fun shows too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even even in this state, there's like territories. You know, uh, uh, Prestige has got uh, you know that side of the mountains, and we've got two. Uh, we've got a we've got a, a promotion on the peninsula. Uh, with Debashi and, and the chef are running and, mm. and, uh, and sometimes those things uh, intermix and sometimes those, uh, those guys end up like the time Makabe showed up at uh, the Defy show was like, Holy crap, he's here. Yeah. Finally. And, uh, and it's just, it's really cool. I love seeing those, uh, guys that really haven't been at Defy too much yet, but they're really good here on the local scene. All of a sudden they show up for, you know, whatever match and it's kind of a surprise. I love that. Yeah. I'm like, oh my exactly. God, you know, I, I feel goosebumps when a, a Daniel comes out or, you know, whoever it might be, you know, the Voros twins, the first time I've seen those guys come out up there to take on, um, shit, I think the first time they took on the guns, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that. But, that sounds uh, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah one of those shows. Yeah. And, and the thing that's really funny, you know, I get kayfabe by Farmer and Makabe <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, Hey, how's that show going? And I'm texting Makabe and. And, uh, oh, you'll see, you'll see. And then he, like, shows up. It's like, dude, <laughs> you couldn't tell me so I can say hello, you know? You just, hey, just show up and then leave. You're, you're just a fan on the outside like the rest of it sounds like. <laughs> now, man. You, we, we ain't get no inside information anymore. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking, every so of, often, speaking of every Matt. So often, Matt will give me the Iggy and tell me what's up. And it's like, oh, I kind of <laughs> wish I didn't know. Yeah, I know. I'd, I'd rather not know, man. <laughs> I'm like Jim Ross when he's announcing. I don't want to know. I just want to know and call it what's in front of me, right? Anyway, like he didn't uh, tell me the Bucks were in town that one time. He didn't? But I knew, no, he did not. But <laughs> I knew the Bucks were in town. And I'm like, texting him. I was like, Matt, the Bucks are here, aren't they? No response. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I know he read this. I said, the Bucks are here, aren't they? And I looked again. I know he read it because it says red. <laughs> I know he saw it. And he kayfaved me all day. And then when the Bucks came out... There was a huge pop, and I was oh. like, okay, I'm pretty glad I didn't know. Man, that was a great night. I was in the uh, Washington Hall. I was actually in the second row in the seat right next to where they come out, and I was sitting behind my buddy, uh, you know, Beast Mode Manny on Twitter, Manuel, Manny, okay. and Danny. What's up, Manny. And, man, when they came out, that was insane. I, that might have been the biggest Washington Hall pop ever, <sighs> but I don't know. and a buddy of us caught us on video the four of us you can't see my wife because she's she had a little too much to drink and she's sitting in her seat didn't get up but you see the three of us me danny and manny just popping up jumping up and down i'm slapping manny in the back it was like such a great night and then he got us the first year anniversary matt got us with the lucha bros yeah incredible as well see you're bringing all the good pops up man i totally forgot about that one yeah (laughs) I was up in the balcony then, for that one, man. That was man. It was insane too. And then uh, I've even I've even gotten down to the Portland shows with uh, Defy. I went down. I actually uh, drove down with Migs and and uh, Farmer and went down for one of the Portland shows. That one that Austin Aries was on. It's just a fun time. I can't wait for I can't wait for wrestling to come back. Oh man, it's uh it's been rough. I'm glad we got some of this uh, TV wrestling to watch. Uh, you know, the, the the big collective thing was this weekend, and there's been some good <laughs> indie shows that are doing a good job putting on their shows with social distancing and masks and keeping people, you know, safe like that. So that's good to see. Uh, I was going to ask you real quick. I had a few other things, but I was going to ask you earlier, 
you know, have you been kind of keeping up on WWE, Impact, AEW, the the this the you know more corporate wrestling shows? Um, AEW, yes. I um, for a time tried to keep up with WWE, and I'm going to be completely honest, and it might sound 100% biased, but it just it's just the honest to God truth. I haven't been able to sit through a three hour Monday Night Raw in. I'm going on like two months not watching it. It just the lack of fans and the writing that they're doing right now. Yeah. It just it's not for me. Um, I will watch NXT most weeks. I will watch the pay per views, quote unquote. I'll watch the big shows, but I cannot stomach sitting through a three hour raw with recycled rehashed storylines that are not appealing to me and are nonsensical and it's just not for me right now i want it to be i want it i want to come back um not to say they haven't had some great matches i've i will hear that oh you really need to go out of your way to see this i will go out of my way and i will watch that match but um wwe is not speaking to me right now and uh i can't in good conscience waste my well i can't waste my time on stuff that i'm just going to get angry about now i'm the same way with the wwe um you know and if there's people out there that like what they're doing that's cool right absolutely it's we're not against what they're doing it's just not working for you you said and i'm the same way their storylines don't work for me we haven't watched it for months i don't have the network right now some of that was some politically type things for me but i don't really talk about politics much on the podcast here but it is what it is it is what it is right uh but i will say the lack of crowd noise or anything there was weird they did a little better maybe with that um what do we call it? Thunderdome. But even yes. then they screwed up and let like people from the clan come through. But you know, shit is what it is. It doesn't grab me, but what does grab me is AEW. The way they've been doing it, they had the wrestlers at side ringside for a while. I thought that really livened it up a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the storylines in AEW were better. The wrestling matches are better. I think from top to bottom, I know I'm probably a little, you know, biased for some of the folks that work on that show, but, uh, I just enjoy it. What about yeah. you with AEW? I love AEW. Um, I got to go to their their first big show in Vegas. Uh, I guess it'd be their second. Their as AEW as a whole, not not the uh, not the all in, but when they formed as AEW, I went down to Vegas uh, last year and watched their first show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Moxley showed up, um, when they had that amazing Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes match. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was live in the building for that, and I do not regret skipping WrestleMania that year to go to that show. <laughs> that was a fantastic wrestling show. Oh, it was great from top to bottom, and I, I think they do that pretty much each and every week. They give all fans a little bit of uh, what everyone wants. They got a phenomenal tag team division, man. That They're doing so arms and head and shoulders or whatever you want to call it above other wrestling, yes. uh, companies right now with their tag team. You know, I love it. I love seeing, um, oh my God, Arn and, and Tolly and Jake and, um, oh, uh, uh Vicky Guerrero. They're all doing yeah. managing. I love the manager. I love the valet. I think it was really missing from, you know, WB a lot. I love to see that right. thing. What are your thoughts on that uh, kind of thing? Managing valet, as long as it doesn't take away from the, from the the character himself, I think most of these times it helps enhances it. 
Yeah, there's been a there's been a uh, a, a huge lack of managers on WWE for many years, and the one uh, the one manager that they had in Zelina Vega um, apparently is no more. She's now a wrestler. Um, Vince has just had this weird thing about managers and he knows it works because he's seen Paul Heyman. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I grew up with, with, uh, managers all the time. There was a second, there was a manager, there was somebody out there, whether it was Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth or Jimmy Hart or, or whoever. I grew up with managers and to forget about that part of the wrestling world, it's, um, it's kind of strange that there's an embargo on them in WWF or WWE right now. Yeah. And I don't understand it. Cause if you look back at all the years, pretty much of WWE until, you know, last, whatever, how many years, you know, Bobby, the brain Heenan, Jimmy yes. Hart. Um, Oh God. Classy Fred Blassie slick. There was Captain tons of, of Elizabeth. Like you said, um, Sherry Martell with even with mm-hmm. um uh Shawn Michaels, you know, yep. it, it helps it that maybe someone, you know, it pushes some of those people to the next level until they don't need a manager. Some of the people, you know, like Brock Lesnar, he can't talk worth a shit. He needs no. Paul Heyman out there to do his most his bidding and put the things over for him. It works great. Absolutely. I'd love like a guy like Cesaro, he would have benefited greatly when they put him with Paul Heyman. Remember that years ago? 100%. And then it didn't work out. They just kind of gave up on it, man. And I'm like, Cesaro would have been over like Rover, man. That guy can wrestle his ass off like more than anyone, I think. He's one of my favorites to just never be able to do anything. But, you know, managers to me, I think it's still a very needed thing. You see a little more of it in the indies. But uh, I wish they'd bring that back uh, all over the place, all over the board. Yeah, 100%. They, they can, some of those guys are phenomenal in the ring and can't cut a promo to save their lives. Well, that's what the manager's for. Yeah. And it was, and, uh, it's a lost art. I mean, a guy like precious Paul with the world warriors, man, did a lot of their talking. They could also put on their deal, but it was usually just a few sentences, right? But it would come off really great. But, uh, you know, precious Paul, he was actually their real manager, man. From what I know, he took care of all their stuff on the road, hotels and air flights and, did all that shit for him and then talked for him on Sundays and Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. And unfortunately he's the only one left. He is so, the only one left. Uh, really I would have loved to seen him, uh, come up to the, uh, the big leagues there on WB with that uh, one tag team they had, but unfortunately AOP. they both let them go now. So <laughs> yeah, AOP has gone, but I know why he didn't. He was, you know, he's probably beyond hitting the road every day. But man, uh, you know, to get off that kind of stuff and back to some folks that were really influential in uh, helping you along, you were saying you didn't really have a lot of training. All of a sudden, Brian's like, hey, let's do this, you know, pop in the ring. Um, you know, tell us about Brian Alvarez. Any good uh, stories uh, that you want to share about him? I know you probably got some that you can't share, but is there any that you can share with us real quick? Oh, this is my favorite story, and Brian uh, brings it up from time to time. We were... Uh, working for Tim, he did an annual, uh, basically did a annual Royal Rumble up in Cloverdale, and um, <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, <laughs> we were all out there in the ring. There was a bunch of us, and Tim was real, real nonchalant about 
you know, what we're going to do, you know, just go out there and get bumped, you know, go over the top rope and you, 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 and you are going to be the last ones. in. So, um, the, uh, army of darkness was a faction up there and it was, uh, Paul Lazenby who wrestled as Leviathan. It was Dr. Luther, the same guy you saw uh-huh. on TV last week. There was Abaddon and there was one other, and they were kind of like um, this post-apocalyptic Mad Max kind of a thing, and they were a faction. And so I had gone from, uh, I had locked up with uh, Samito in the corner, and, and at one point I had locked up with Matt, and, and, uh, and I was, uh, and Samito pulled me back to the corner, well, out of the corner of my eye i see brian getting uh attacked by the army of darkness and um i didn't hear this but i have heard matt overheard leviathan and dr luther dr luther specifically saying let's pants him The next thing I know, I'm locked up with Samito in the corner. I'm selling. I look over at Matt. Matt's also selling. And I look out of the corner of my eye, and my my dear friend, Brian Alvarez, is out of the ring on his back, trying desperately to pull up his tights above his tidy whities <laughs> They had jerked down his pants and deposited him out on the uh, on the arena floor, and Matt was crying with laughter, which caused me also to cry with laughter. Samito's telling me, "Hey, knock it off, kayfabe," and uh, and I was I couldn't take it anymore. I ended up uh, I ended up locking up with Pimp, and I said, "Pimp, get rid of me," and he tosses me over the back over the top rope, and we got to the back, and we were just howling with laughter. <laughs> and um, to see uh, to see Dr. Luther work Jericho last week, it brought it all full circle. Oh, yeah. It was uh, it was such a funny, funny thing, and I'm never going to ever forget that. That was really fun the other night because uh, there was a while it was just Jericho and him in the ring towards the end, and uh, man, Jericho was giving him you know just selling yeah. for him and everything. It was it was great to see, man. <laughs> I, I love Dr. Luther. I've only got the pleasure of seeing him one time at a doa show live but uh that okay. was a, a lot of great fun man good stuff and jericho man it, it it that guy he never ceases to amaze me man he'll he'll go out there and just lose or sell to anyone on their thing to help put them over i, I love that guy he doesn't think he's above the show <laughs> you know yeah yeah that's true he's true it's uh he's he's real giving and he doesn't have to be <laughs> so on the same lines any other uh great uh matt farmer stories you want to tell <laughs> well since we're embarrassing people there we um, go <laughs> i was working on an end fest if you remember uh the end the radio station put on an end fest every year mm-hmm. and for whatever reason they wanted to have live pro wrestling was it over in, uh, Bremer- this- in bremerton Exactly. Right. Um, so the lineup that year on the concert stage was Deftones, 
Kid Rock. Yeah. Uh, if you remember the band Lem, Don't Steal My Sunshine, Lem. Yeah. Uh, Our Lady Peace. Uh, and um, anyway, there's a couple other bands, but we had free reign of pretty much the whole area. And um, I don't know what happened, but we walked into the building that I graduated high school from because I grew up on the peninsula, as I stated. And we walked into um, the EDM, I guess you would call it, uh, stage, and we sat and watched Moby for about an hour. <laughs> and it was me and Nick and, and Matt. And uh, Nick says, well, we should get back. We should get back by the ring and and whatnot. Now, I don't, I don't want to disparage Matt Farmer in any way, shape, or form. I don't want to bury the guy. I love him to death. He's one of my um, close friends even to this day. We got back to the, um, the U-Haul trailer that we brought the truck in. That was our quote-unquote dressing room. Uh, indie life is glamorous life. But, that, and um, that's what the ring came in, the ring. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it also doubled as our dressing room. There you go. And uh, I went out to have a match. I think I worked like 17 matches that day, as, as, <laughs> as memory serves me. It was ridiculous. That's crazy. But I look over, and Mr. Farmer is green. And I'm like, Matt, what's the matter? And he goes, I don't feel good. And I go, you don't look good. And then, like the exorcist, he projectile vomits <laughs> all over the front of himself and in the corner of the of the ring truck. And uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with the fact that we were in the EDM tent. I don't know what exactly happened, but I know that Matt Farmer was very ill. And I will never disparage the man, but it was a very, very strange coincidence that he was sick the rest of the day and couldn't participate in the matches from then on. Oh, my God. That's nasty. Uh-huh. It's a good thing he didn't really? try to wrestle. He probably wanted to maybe uh, shat himself or something. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> probably don't want to think about that. Who does? But, um... Dude, how much do you and did you enjoy being a professional wrestler? It was fun. I mean, I tried not to to get a big head about it um, because it, you know, you have people coming up and and saying they enjoyed your your stuff and and uh, you know, I had never signed an autograph until <laughs> until I was an indie wrestler and <laughs> and uh, it it could easily go to your head. And uh, it was fun. I, I more liked the camaraderie that I had with the guys. Um, getting to and from <laughs> the place where we were going was way more fun than actually doing the matches itself. Like so, meeting the fans and, and putting on a show is fun. But just that those car rides are legendary. So some good talks uh, on those road trips is what you're saying. Uh, good talks, good fun, good ribs, um, <laughs> you name it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. And I get to see it every so often when, when we go out to, when the website goes out to a WrestleMania weekend mm -hmm. and uh, get to glad hand with some of the fans and whatnot. It's, it's very cool. Oh man. And, uh, are you planning on getting back to that WrestleMania weekend next week, next year, if it happens, excuse me? I hope so. Um, it might be a little soon, 
this year might be a little soon. I'm, I'm not, uh, how do I say it? I'm not scared of COVID, but I respect COVID. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. When you go out, you got your mask on, you do the things you need to do Absolutely. to be respectful and all that kind of stuff. But you know, you don't think you're going to get it tomorrow. No, no. So I, and it's the same way that I work with my machines at work. I'm not scared of them, but I do respect them. Yeah. I respect what they can do. Well, it, so, um, it sounds like what you've been through with those machines and wood that sure. you should respect <laughs> what's going on over there, man. <laughs> right. I'm glad that you're so, still around, my friend, to hearing that, what you did and be able to still, you know, produce and, uh, you know, put food on the table for your family doing what you do. So I'm Absolutely. glad that was able to work out for you. It shows, man, inside you must have a desire that's, uh, you know, because a guy like Ric Flair, like he took a plane crash, said he'd never wrestle again, and he wrestled. Right. Look at what he did. Wrestled till he was like, you know, 65 years old or something, you know. So I, man, I believe he could. I believe if he could, he would today. He would. I mean, I don't think he should. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I, that's my favorite wrestler of, uh, of all time is Ric Flair. This episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters. This has been a Swagamore production production.